Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Dane, I feel a lot better coming off uh, last week. Thanks for holding it down without me, but uh, I'm excited to talk about some wrestling. How are you doing, man? I'm doing really good, man. Especially now that you're back, because that was that was a my, my voice. It, it, it wasn't my mind can keep on going and my mouth keeps on moving, but after a while, it's like my throat was dried out and I was talking like uh, you know I was going to be Stevie Nicks for Halloween. I don't know. It was it was weird, but uh, I'm I'm really happy to have you back uh, to talk to you, basically. I already talking up to my you know, Chris. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's start off this uh, wonderful episode. Um, I think we should talk a little bit about a uh, event coming September 1st. They might have to go to a wedding! Sorry. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing my friend Lauren get married, but I completely forgot that this was on September 1st, and then I put it Two and two together, about 30 minutes before we're about to go on. So, you know, it has to happen. I want to watch five, <laughs> but I don't think it's going to happen. Either way, all in chat coming. Um, and they had a crap ton of announcements. Be on um, several different options, actually. I think that Ring of Honor has the posting it um, that you can get it. And then also the Fight app, um, you can get off of that. Uh, there's also the big. All the big podcasts that they're going to have at the convention with it. I forgot what it's called right off the top of my head. But you can get a fight app, like, package deal with within that. And I think it's, like, 70 bucks. I think it's – I'm pretty sure it's, like, $40. Maybe it was $49.99, Chris. I'm not 100% sure. You'll probably have better information when it comes to that. If not, you're going to fucking watch it if you want to watch it, basically. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It, it seems reasonable is what I'm trying to go for. But um, anyways, uh, all in – Looks awesome. I mean, it, there's a lot of great matches. Uh, today we got 
we found out that there's going to be a thing called the Over the Budget Battle Royal, and it's got 15 competitors. And um, we know as of right now that Moose is in it, Colt Cabana's in it. Um, what were the other people's names? But either way, whoever wins this 15-person Battle Royal is going against Jay Lethal for the Ring of Honor title later on in the evening. So that is pretty awesome. Um, it's uh, Yeah, that's right. Moose, Rocky Romero, Colt Cabana, Ethan Page, and Jordine Jordan Gale or something? I don't, I don't. I think crashed right in front of me while I was reading. Really great. But either way, Chris, um, hearing about this battle oil for the Ring of Honor title and knowing now the new information that, it, you know, they are streaming it, they're going to put it on the fight app, you know, they're going to put it on uh, of Ring of Honors. I, I, I'm not 100% sure on New Japan if they're putting it on Japan World, but I know those other two are definitely doing it. And all the stuff going into it, are you excited about September 1st, and do you have to go to a fucking wedding set like this? I don't have to. I don't. I don't have to go to a wedding, so I will be watching this live. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that being said, I probably will try to watch it. I'm curious to see who's actually going to be handling the streaming. If it's going to be Sinclair Broadcasting, or if it is going to be the fight, uh, the fight app, which I believe did. If I'm not mistaken, they did uh, Slammiversary, and I had some issues with that stream. So depending on who's going to stream it, or if there's multiple versions of the stream, I would probably go with Ring of Honors, um, just because of the issues I've had with that. The, the, was it the FITE network streams in the past? Why? Some bullshit, yeah. Like that, so I know that they did Slammiversary, and like I said, I had issues uh, watching Slammiversary's stream. They were not very fun. My weird, the weird thing is they haven't announced. I guess, I'm assuming this is going to be a separate charge uh, outside of Ring of Honor's just natural streaming service. It's not a full Ring of Honor pay-per-view. So I'm just curious to see one who's going to be in charge of streaming it, and um, two, I don't, I, I don't think I'm going to pay for all the additional. And I don't know that I'm going to pay you know eighty dollars to get a bunch of podcasts coming out of this thing from the fan event. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some cool stuff out there, but I, I'm more excited about the event itself, not necessarily just like, you know, the podcast, lead, the podcast leading up to it, but I'm sure there'll be some great interviews and stuff. So it's cool that they're building that up so that other people can uh, watch it and get involved. Um, the Battle Royal idea is really unique. I don't know all of the competitors. Uh, I, know, I know Cole Cabana and Moose are definitely going to be in there, um, like you said, noted. Uh, that's right now... I, I would have to see a full list of competitors to give like a a guess on who would win that thing, but it's it's going to be it seems like they're kind of being a little quiet about it, so I wouldn't be surprised if maybe there's some surprise entrants or uh, I, some people I have that haven't been that, put on the card. Flip Gordon's probably going to be in this, and I I don't think Flip Gordon would win, but I could see them doing something like that just because you know for the build up, a press conference, they, they said that. There's, they've banned Flip Gordon from the whole thing, so they've had this running up joke on um, uh, what's their their web series? I can't think of it right now. But either way, I I I could see it being him, or I could see him being in it, like you're saying, like random people. Yeah, and and I think that's why they haven't given us like a a true full list. But the name of that thing is fucking great. The over <laughs> the over budget battle royal is a, a pretty great <laughs> name for for this event. Um, but I mean, whoever wins it, I'm sure that they're going to have a good match with Jay Lethal. 
Um, Jay Lethal obviously going in as the World Heavyweight Champion, Ring of Honor. And uh, we're getting an NWA Heavyweight Championship match as well with Nick Aldis and Cody Rhodes, which will be very interesting to see who comes out on top of that. And what that means for Cody Rhodes if he ends up winning that thing. I, I don't know if he will, but if he does, that could be interesting seeing some uh, maybe a little bit of crossover with Billy Corgan and uh, the things that he's trying to get going in NWA right now. And then uh, kind of lower on that card, you, we get Okada versus Scroll, which I I haven't seen. I'm sure it's probably happened at least in a three-way format in New Japan, but that in itself is going to be a really interesting match. It's going to be be fun to see those two lock up. So that's kind of a, you know, I, I know there's some other tag team matches and stuff, but those are, those are the three bangers that I've got my mind set on watching for sure. Well, Hey, let's actually, let's go over the confirmed matches so far. Um, I guess give an early prediction, but just kind of discuss them, break them down. And then we'll kind of talk about a match that makes a lot of sense that they haven't announced or anything but it involves two of the biggest guys in the Indies in opposite uh, areas of the world, if you will. So uh, let's start off with the uh, all-in zero hour, which is going to be on some type of free network. So you can actually watch three. This will be the first hour. The over the ba- uh, budget battle royal, which you already talked about, but now that I have the list in front of me, it's uh, Jor- Jordan Grace, uh, Moose, Rocky Romero, Cole Cabana, Ethan Page, and the rest of are to be announced. But the other match, I'm pretty sure is going to be a banger crit is the Briscoe brothers going against Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, part of SoCal Uncensored. Uh, how do you feel about that tag match? I think it's going to be an awesome tag match, and I, I like both of those tag teams a lot. Uh, the Briscoes are probably still up there with my favorite tag teams right now, you know, in the world. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do. And, and Frankie Kazarian's been and Scorpio Sky, both great, have been good for a really, really long time. Uh, it's really weird seeing Christopher Daniels not thrown into a match with them um, from the past few pay-per-views they've had. So that's going to be a little interesting. But, uh, yeah, that, that's going to be a real fun match. There, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff on this card, obviously. And well, as we go over it, I have some other things that I'm going to throw out there. But uh, let's, let's keep going. All right, sounds good. Uh, another match, uh, you know, announced is Madison Rain versus Tessa Blanchard versus Britt Baker versus Chelsea Green. Probably four of the biggest female competitors on the Indies, I would say. I'm not too familiar with Britt Baker, but I've definitely seen matches with Tessa, Madison, and a little bit with Chelsea Green as well. Um, I think that she performed in Mae Young Classic, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but what do you? how do you feel about this four-way match? It should be fun. I, I think Chelsea Green's got a shot at winning. Um, She's pretty popular right now, and she's kind of been on a little streak in the indies. So I would, I would oh, think either. Oh, Laurel Van Ness. Yes, that's Laurel Van Ness. Oh, um, and TNA. The the girlfriend of uh, Zack Ryder, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, she's been having a little bit of a run. So I could see either her picking up a win or Madison Rain. Um, Tessa has, if I'm not mistaken, has a TNA contract. So I don't know. Uh, how how much I don't I don't you know I mean I guess if she won here it wouldn't really matter because there's not a title on the line or anything but I would think if if Ring of Honor or well this is all in so depending on how they book this I would think whoever goes over would be it would be building one of the two brands you know Ring of Honor or TNA so but that, those would be my two picks either Madison Rain or, or Chelsea Green. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with – see, the thing is, Tessa has been kind of like on a losing streak lately. Uh, but I don't know. She's had so much involvement. I shouldn't assume that people are going to win because they're involved in the actual, you know, uh, whatever. And I don't know if she's in financial, but she was a part of the whole press conference. So I'm thinking she has more involvement, if you, if you understand what I'm saying, than the wrestlers themselves. But that doesn't mean necessarily that's how it's going to be booked. But I could see her at Chelsea Green getting it. And I didn't say for the last one, but God, that's a hard match, man. I, I guess the Briscoes, because they're crazy. Uh, I don't really have another, you know, reason. Um, let's go to the next match, though, Chris. This should be interesting. Stephen Amell. Uh, yes, uh, Bullet Club member, but also Arrow. Oliver Queen himself going against Christopher Daniel. You know, I have to say, if they're going to put... Steven in a singles match. Um, I think they picked a good uh, opponent to bring out because I mean Stephen Amell is a, a, a genetic freak. He really is. I've seen him. He, he accomplished the whole entire Ninja Warrior, uh, uh, whatever the hell it's called, obstacle course. Um, I've seen some of the things that he does for working out and how amazing, like and, and uh, you know, efficient he is on like even like archery with like in actuality how he can just like run, jump in the air, and be able to hit targets. It's nuts. I'm just saying that he has skills, and God forbid if we can't professional wrestler, I think it would have worked out. And he's Canadian, so what the fuck. Christopher Daniels is a great wrestler, and I feel like they're not going to have, like, a seven-star class or anything like that, but I would be more apprehensive of Stephen going on with certain other people, but now that I know that Christopher uh, Daniels, I actually think it's going to be actually fun to watch. Also, just based on him doing springboard, and shit in the last match that he did with the Young Bucks uh, at the last time when he joined them. But, well, how do, how do you feel about this crazy-ass match? Well, I think Stephen Amell, you know, he's been in a couple match. He was in, he was in a WrestleMania match, right, with Stardust, and he's been in a, you know, a couple matches, or at least one match for the Young Bucks that I know of. Um, he, he's going to be good at certain spots. Like, this is going to be your celebrity match. Um, if this was like a WrestleMania format, this is your, you know, your big celebrity pull. Um, Christopher Daniels, friend of the show, did, you know, did inter- did the interview with us and stuff. I think he's a great choice, um, both size wise and skill wise in the ring. And he's also going to be able to sell for Stephen Amell um, really well. So I, I think it's going to be a fun match. I don't think it'll go very long, and there'll probably be some weird stuff happen in this match. Um, I would assume you know this is going to be kind of a weird finish. But once again, a celebrity match, so you'll probably get some cool spots out of Stephen Amell, and, and then. Um, just, you know, probably Christopher Daniels demolishing earlier and then Stephen Mill getting the, you know, the good guy win at the end would be my guess, uh, with some interference in there. With so many people being at this fan event, I, I could see anyone showing up, but I, you know, it's going to be fun. And I, I, you know, don't, I, I wouldn't go into it thinking that it's going to be an amazing match, but, um, if it's a fun celebrity match, that's all you can really hope for. So that's kind of how I feel about it, but it's exciting. It's cool to see Stephen Emil keep showing up on the B elite stuff and with the young bucks and really kind of just embracing uh, his friendship with Curdy Rhodes and, and those guys. So this is going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Stephen Emil seems like a cool guy. I want to hang out with the bucks or they seem like anyways. Um, but yeah, um, I do agree. Uh, so you were talking about the finish of the match. Um, or to you, Based on who's promoting it, what type of finish, you know, Cody is, do you think it will be? Huh? 
you're asking for I don't think it'll be a dusty finish, so to speak. But Yeah, yeah, well you got the joke. That sounds like oh god. I, I think I think you might get something. You might get like a Frankie and Scorpio coming out to help Christopher Daniels as SoCal uncensored, and then probably the Young Bucks coming out to to help Stephen Amell and and getting kind of a a mashup between those two guys or those those two groups would be my guess. Probably setting up for a follow three on three fucking match. Yeah, I could totally see something like that happening. All right, uh, let's go into a one uh, that. There's a lot of questions with this one. Uh, but we have Rey Mysterio, Bandido, uh, and Phoenix going against the Young Bucks and Kota Bushi. Note that this is not the Elite. This is the uh, Golden Elite, I believe is what they're called. doesn't really matter. But um, Kota Bushi's here. Not Kenny, like we would think. And we have Bandido. I, know, I think we did talk about this last time. But we don't have Pentagon with his brother. Which you think they would do Rey, Pentagon, and, uh, and Rey. But, um, no, and they're still on it. So we'll, we'll get to that later, but just keep that in mind. Setting up something. It's foreshadowing people. Um, Chris, what do you, how do you feel about this? I mean, I, right off the bat, I think it's going to be a great match. Uh, it's, there's going to be a lot of high spots, obviously, with the people that are involved in it. And I think, you know, the Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi are probably going to end up winning here. Mysterio has been on a little bit of a losing streak, so it sucks – for him, but that would be my guess, just being how over the Young Bucks are right now, the fact that they're so behind this event, and uh, Kota Ibushi's kind of been red hot, so, you know, booking-wise, I could just see them going over, but I think it'll be a really fun match. Uh, probably going to go about 20-25 minutes from these two groups, so I think this will be, like, our first big, big match of the night. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think this is going to be one of the louder matches as well. You know, I think these guys are going to definitely bring it. Um, I can't wait to see, see Kota Ibushi um, interact with Rey Mysterio. I mean, I wish it was Rey. I mean, he still runs. He, he's still ridiculously fast and stuff like that. But him younger versus Ibushi, they would have done some crazy shit together, I'm trying to say. Regardless, I don't know a lot about uh, Bandito, but, you know, I mean, I'm sure that he's, uh, good, obviously, if he's in this match. You know, Bucks and uh, Abushi are taking them on, but yeah, I, I definitely think the Young Bucks and uh, Kota Abushi are going to win. Um, all right, let's go to the next, the next one. Uh, Adam Page versus Joey Janela. I gotta be honest, Chris, I don't know a lot about Joey Janela, um, but I do like Adam Page, so based on that, I'm just gonna pick Adam Page. Uh, how do you feel? Uh, Joey Janela is actually a really great wrestler. Um, not as over as a lot of the other people on this card, but it's kind of been around the indie scene for a while now. The bad boy. Uh, I think it's going to be a good match. I could see Adam Page winning here. Um, it's it's. I think this is a match kind of breaking up some of the other ones. But, uh, you know, there's always a spot like that on the card, and they could surprise us all and have a, a you know a phenomenal match. Uh, I've been really on the Adam Page train lately, so I'm looking forward to this match just to see Adam Page wrestle again, obviously. But, yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to it, too. And I'm also looking forward to seeing if we can finally see if Stephen Amell and Adam Page are the same person. I want them to both be in the same fucking room. <laughs> I don't believe that shit. It's all smoke and air until someone confirms it. Um, all right. <laughs> 
guys that know that. Um, all right, uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Marty Skrull. Um, one of my favorite wrestlers of today. Uh, one of my favorite, I guess technically he's a babyface. I don't even know, but he's definitely going to be playing the babyface that he has been throughout the G1 uh, tournament. I think that you know him, uh, possibly, Kazuchika uh, Okada. Um, Marty, who's probably like one of the biggest and most efficient heels, especially when it comes to old school tactics. Uh, Chris, I feel like Okada's probably going to win this, but do you think, like, I, I don't think I've given Marty enough credit in ring-wise. I, I think that obviously it's Okada that he's going against, so they're going to have a good match. But Marty has been really efficient having great matches with a lot of the light heavyweight division. So I think that this is just going to be a good match in general, and there's going to be a lot of antics uh, between the two guys. Uh, what, what do you think? I think this is a chance for Marty to shine a little bit like he has it in the past. Um, he's had some good matches with Zack Sabre and, and uh, Will Ospreay, uh, but I, he hasn't really had that breakout match. This could be a moment for him because he is going against Okada. It just depends on how hot they want to turn this thing up, I guess, and how much time they have given. But, I mean, it, Okada can have a good match with pretty much anyone, and I think Marty is a lot better than some of his last few matches have shown, so I'm actually really looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, it, he's really great at, at being that kind of dirty heel. It's just, there's a lot of other wrestlers that kind of do similar things, uh, in the ring, for instance, Pete Dunn, that I think are a little bit better. Uh, but we'll see given an opponent like Okada, what, what we get out of Marty. So I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it could be a really great match. I honestly thought they were going to go Okada versus Mega and someone else in some kind of three-way match. And I know we haven't talked about it yet, but you know, Omega is supposed to be at this event, and we haven't seen what match he's booked in yet, which seems kind of weird. Yeah, we're we're almost there, but yeah, I, I'm. I mean, it's kind of all right. It's fine. I, I don't know why I'm building up. So bad at this. We're gonna. We can just talk about it now. It kind of connects to what you're just saying. Omega's not there. Neither is Pentagon. The big rumor on the street, if you will, that this match is going to be Kenny Omega versus Pentagon. They haven't, they've been in one match on the Indies, and it was actually a tag match involving his brother and the Elite. But one-on-one, they haven't had a match. Two of the biggest names probably, you know, in the non-WWE wrestling market. Um, And they probably have one hell of a match. Chris, even like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what Brian was saying that, that he, he thinks that's it. A lot of people are predicting this. Do you think that this is actually going to happen where we're going to get Kenny Omega versus Pentagon Jr.? I think that's a good – there's a good shot of just that match happening or there's a good shot of them both being in the Battle Royal and it leading up to one of them going against Jay Lethal. So those, those would be my two guesses of what they're going to do with Pentagon and, and Kenny Omega. That's really interesting. I think, I, I think about that with the Ring of Honor part, but that would be kind of cool. Yeah, because, I mean, technically you could put, you know, if Omega wins the Battle Royal, then you have champion versus champion, which in itself is a very intriguing match. Yeah. But it's not something you can promote, so I would assume that they would wait and announce Pentagon versus Omega just from a promotion standpoint to get people to buy, you know, as a one-off, yeah, if you... 
it, it's weird because you, like I said, if you put them both in the battle royal, then you have a you either way you get a champion versus champion match of some sort, right? No, well, that never mind. Awesome. Yeah, because that's 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 the whole point. I mean, the whole champion versus champion. But I think that you said something that also makes a lot of sense too. If, I mean, unless they're they announce everyone that's going to be there, but not a lot of people are going to know the details. Like, see the Facebook post, they actually get like a oh, you know, they would probably announce that match. If they're going to do it, we're going to know pretty soon if that match is going to happen because they're going to announce what they're doing. If not, this could be a point, like you're saying though, that's leading up to people being like Penny Omega and Pentagon, and they are part of the Battle Royal, or maybe this is how this is probably how I would look at that. I don't think it's going this way. You have Jay Lethal waiting for an opponent. We don't have an announcement for either Pentagon or Kenny of what they're doing. They've just been announced for the show still. So you kind of know they're going to be in the in the Battle Royal. Well, maybe Kenny actually shows up later and challenge Jay Lethal with the winner, who's Pentagon, and then you have three champions. But no belts are on the line, but you have the, you know, um, Lucha Underground champion going against the Ring of Honor. No, that's right. A belt's on the line for Ring of Honor. I don't know. I, I have no idea actually how I put I'm sure it's a will us. I, I quit. I'm just putting the fucking answer. Um, yeah. Either way. Do you have any uh, last yeah, even, about? I, yeah, yeah, even with the championship on the line, I mean, it's it's not going to – I don't think it would hurt. If, if you end up doing a three-way match like that, like you're saying, it it doesn't really matter who – like uh, to me, I would think Pentagon would end up beating the pin there from Jay Lethal. Um, unless he's going to do some stuff in, in Ring of Honor, which I don't think he would. But then it wouldn't hurt if Kenny Omega just won the belt because he could technically work both belt, yeah. if he wanted to. So, it, you know, oh, it just yeah. really depends on what they're doing. See, that would be an awesome outcome. I mean, I don't know, especially like the conflict of three of them in a the match. Well, now you know exactly what I'm going to be doing on uh, WWE 2K after I watch uh, Keith Lee making his debut on NXT. That's going to be freaking awesome. But, uh, yeah, well, you know, like with Alvar, what Alvarez and Meltzer were saying with them just announcing, you know, Pentagon versus Omega is very – it's probable because they'll be able to, you know, promote that match ahead of time. What I would say is if you both – if you promote them both as part of that 15-man, they're like the two that are going to be top tier to win the Battle Royal, right? Yeah. So that one's going to be free. So if you're watching that thing free and you see Kenny Omega wins it, you're going to get to see Kenny Omega versus Jay Lethal for the title. That's in itself is going to probably garner you the same amount of buys. I think the people that are going to be interested in the show are going to be already interested in it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So Jay Lethal versus whoever wins that, um, whoever wins that over the budget battle Royal. So we'll have to see. I think that that's a pretty good idea of what could possibly happen. Unless and watch, they'll announce something tomorrow. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll announce two separate matches completely with Kenny being in one and the Pentagon being the other. But we'll have to wait. I'm not going to complain. Whatever happens, I'm pretty sure they're going to do a great job. What I want to know, though, is Cody Rhodes going to beat Nick Aldis for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship? I just feel like – I know it's, it's, it, just, it just would make sense. And I feel that if he gets it, he's already kind of like gone a little bit in that direction. He could completely go 360 whenever he wanted. But I feel like – Cody could have a baby face run. They've kind of positioned him this way because they know that if he wins that, the fans, are gonna, I think, will, are going to explode. 
that night if he wins the NWA title, becoming a second, the first second generation NWA championship, and he'd bring a lot of prestige. Not that Nick Allen didn't, or Tim Storm didn't hold some, you know, while he had the title, but Cody Rhodes would mean a, a hell of a lot, and it would help out NWA as much as it would make Cody probably even bigger on the indie market. So how do you feel about this match, and who do you think is going to win? Oh, this one's weird because no one really knows what's going on with NWA. I think that you could get an NWA crossover with Ring of Honor, and at that point it would make sense for Cody Rhodes to build this um, and win the title. Uh, I could also just see Cody Rhodes putting over Aldis for Ring of Honor and NWA still doing some kind of combination, setting up a rematch down the road. Um this one's tough for me because I think it's kind of a toss-up, and it really just depends on what the hell is going on with NWA and what that world title actually means. Because there's still not a whole lot of in, like information on what Billy Corgan's plans are for NWA, other than these guys going and working other indie dates, you know, Aldis and, and a few other people from NWA. Yeah, what what I was wondering, Chris, is that since you know, Billy Corgan also was involved with the whole entire planning for all in and stuff like that. And in Cody, it seems like, have been in communication for a bit, um, organizing stuff. And we see what NWA has done. They've been doing stuff on YouTube, and, like, they might show some build-up of the storyline and have a, a match or part of the match from an event that's happened previously. And they're kind of, like, doing stuff of that nature. Obviously, Billy's, like, funding it. What if they're going to flip this and try to bring some actual level of prestige in the NWA title? And this is like Cody, like whoever, you know, ends up winning it in the future, uh, the title, like that person has to defend that title, but it could be like some type of interpromotional thing like it once was. Like the premier territory title should be the premier, but they would try to pump it up as the premier, like, uh, you know, independent non-WWE title. But obviously – Contracts would have to be worked out. The person could work wherever. I just don't know how NWA is as an organization or if it's more of like their guys are part of you, – you understand what I'm saying? I, I, I'm kind of confused like you, um, I think, when it comes to certain things. I don't know how exactly they go about it. But if it's a traveling title, you think that could be something that they're trying to like – because it would get a lot of spotlight to both the NWA and Cody. So Yeah, it would, but – at the same time, I don't know how thrilled Ring of Honor would be with that, having kind of a working relationship with Cody as far as putting, you know, another title over in America as, like, a big title. And then also knowing that, if if they're going that route, then I wouldn't expect Cody to win it because he's not going to work Ring of Honor dates, New Japan dates, and the NWA dates. So it it would point to... If Cody's going to win this thing, it is going to be some sort of interpromotional thing between NWA and Ring of Honor and possibly a co-branding or something or some type of invasion angle would be my guess. Um, otherwise, it wouldn't make sense for Aldis to really drop it because Cody's still going to go back and work in New Japan and Ring of Honor um, at least until after the first of the year, right? Because I think he's still under contract with New Japan until then. So I don't know. That's weird. And like I said, I haven't seen enough about what NWA's structure is going to be. I mean, I know yeah. they've done 
matches, but all of those matches aren't – they're not NWA-only events. Yeah, you know, Nick Aldis is wrestling, but he's in other places, which makes sense with the territory thing. But because all of those territories don't fall under NWA, it would technically hurt, maybe hurt them if they're putting that over as a top title, unless it's worked out really, really well. So I don't know. I don't know how you work that one out, to be honest. It's an interesting concept, nonetheless. Uh, regardless, I'd like Cody win it. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, though, obviously, but uh, All In seems pretty awesome. I'm looking forward to watching it a day later Sunday with everything completely fucking ruined and finding out that, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan came there and fucking punched CM Punk in the face. Then they had, you know, weird sexual party like Lita and Edge back in the day with Ric Flair cutting a promo. With them. I don't even know what the fuck. Still, I'm mad about that. Are you ready to move on, or do you have any uh, last statements after I say that much? No, I mean, I'm really looking forward to the event. Um, I think no matter which way any of these titles go, it's still going to be really good matches, a lot of fun. I think there's going to be some inner hijinks just based on how many people they have there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you get some some maybe promos from older wrestlers or something in between. But overall, I think it's going to be really fun. And they have, I mean, they have some good matches lined up. And if they add Pentagon versus Kenny Omega as a singles match, it's going to be an event that's uh, – Got a lot of singles matches on it. <laughs> so just to be honest, like uh, so, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how they split that out time-wise. But uh, at the top of the card is going to be really good, and I'm sure whoever they get to go against Jay Lethal is going to be a lot of fun. Um, like, like I said, I think Cole Cabana versus Jay Lethal. They've they've done that match before, and it's been really great. So, uh, yeah, man, it's all it's all looking pretty good. I'm I'm excited for it for sure. I'm, I'm I think the one that stands out the most, like I said, is the Okada. Marty match just because I want to see what Marty can do against Okada in a singles match if if they're given the proper amount of time I think it could be a moment for him to kind of step out from behind the Young Bucks and, and Kenny and the rest of the Bullet Club and kind of show you know the personality he showed in Ring of Honor when he was first there before really heading over to New Japan yeah absolutely I'm just you know I, I'm looking at the next thing that we're about to talk about was SummerSlam. And I'm realizing, Chris, that um, SummerSlam might have uh, a names in the card, probably more so. And it's probably not going to be, I don't know, like half as fucking good as All In will be. But uh, either way, are you ready to talk about SummerSlam? SummerSlam! I'm about as excited as I could be to talk about SummerSlam. <laughs> oh, God. All right, well, here's the first match, and honestly, it'll probably be one of the better matches. Uh, for the uh, Cruiserweight Championship, uh, Cedric Alexander Xander goes against Drew Gulak. Um, I think this is going to be an awesome match. Uh, this is definitely, you know, your high flyer versus your technical wrestler. Uh, I like Drew Gulak a lot. Certain stuff reminds me of Dean Malenko. I'm going to a little bit. Uh, him being the wrestler guy and stuff like that, very grounded. And I just really like what they've done with both these guys. Cedric, he's definitely more moves over uh, personality. Uh, he brings some, but it's not as uh, as much. But uh, they're both really good in the ring, and uh should be a fun match. Uh, like I said, probably one of the better ones. Hour-long fucking pay-per-view. Uh, what's the pre-show included, thankfully? Chris, um, 
who do you think is going to win that this match, and how do you feel about that revelation I just had about how long the fuck it's going to be? Well, I'm not stoked on this thing being six hours long, uh, but I, I think Cedric Alexander is probably going to retain. I do think it'll be a good match, probably one of the better matches of the night. My only problem with it is I've seen these two go against each other a lot, and it's one of the qualms yeah. that I always have with these 205 matches. But outside of that, yeah, they're both great wrestlers, and I look forward to watching their match. I just don't see them taking off the belt the belt off Alexander to give it to Drew. Um, so I, I assume Cedric will retain here. I could see that. I'm going to go with Drew Gulak just because Cedric's had the belt since Mania, so maybe they're trying to go for something else and get a heel guy uh, behind that title. But I could definitely see Cedric uh, picking up the win. All right, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jeff Hardy for the U.S. Championship. Um, there's probably going to be an addition of Randy Orton. That's probably going to happen next week some fucking way. But either way, let's just humor the scenario right now that we have in front of us. Is Shinsuke going to leave the U.S. championship? I would say yes. Yeah, I feel the same way as you. Either, either depending on I, – I don't know what Jeff Hardy's health situation is right now, but depending on how healthy he is, I could just see either him getting injured and not making this match, and then it sets up Nakamura versus Orton. Or, like you said, it goes into a three-way match. But if they left it as is, I would assume Nakamura will win this by some kind of Randy Orton fuckery and continue forth with the belt for a little bit. Uh, I think he's having a decent run with it right now, so there's not a reason to take it off of him. Yeah, I agree. The thing is, don't really give a damn. Um, <laughs> sorry. I'm trying to be really positive about this, but it's like all in was like fucking Christmas morning talking about that shit, and now we're after New Year's when everyone's hungover and they got to go to fucking work the next day. Um, I mean, anyways, the, I mean, yeah. the prob- exactly what you said, man. I mean, a lot of it is like it's really hard to care about a lot of these feuds because as we go down this list, you'll start to realize that most of these feuds have someone else involved in them that isn't even in the fucking match. <laughs> Like, there's three that I'm looking at right now. So, uh, continue uh, on, and we'll get get into that, I guess. Oh, my God. Uh, Carmel, this is the one I'm looking forward to. Actually, I mean, this is going to be a scenario where Carmella, the SmackDown Women's Championship, she's going against Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. Basically, I really see WWE doing this, Chris, where... They're going at it. They're they're making Carmella look decent. She bumps. They beat the crap out of each other. Basically, out of the two man at some point in the ring, maybe does some screw job finish or rolls one of them up for the win. Uh, I really want to see Becky win this. Uh, for some reason, I'm like I. For some reason, I mean, keeping up someone that can talk, but can't really work that well in the ring. I don't know. Um, I have no idea, but. Uh, I hope it's my scenario just so we get good wrestling between Becky Lynch and uh, Charlotte. That's selfish of me. No, I think you could get a situation where Charlotte wins this via some kind of heel tactic and they turn Charlotte Flair back heel against Becky. Like Becky has it won and then Charlotte wins the championship. So I think I'm going to pick Charlotte to win and I think it will be the dirtiest player in the game type Charlotte where she takes advantage of you know, Becky clearly having Carmella beat and then Charlotte, you know, hitting, uh, what is it, the, the, 
the natural what it, what the hell is their name move called the, the little natural selection into like a figure four or something would be my guess but uh, and then you know from there you have a Becky Lynch Charlotte Flair feud and that would be awesome Which and is, I actually had uh, a similar concept coming up later on for another match but uh, did you have something else that you wanted to say no I was just going to say that I mean they've been building for Charlotte versus Becky it seems like lately with the kind of their friendship dissolving slowly um, yeah. and I don't think Carmella so, is really we are, working as the champion what the hell did they say? They said, we are Sasha and Bailey. And they like, gave them a like, little handshake. That was pretty funny. Uh, throwing shade yeah. on the other program. For bad writing. Um, next match. Guys, this is going to be a match where you're going to find out probably what's going to go on with Daniel Bryan. Because uh, we have Daniel Bryan and The Miz. I think that it hasn't had enough time to really simmer, but they've had a, a good exchange. And I liked the segment last week, and I'm sure we're going to lead to something next week, uh, where Daniel found them quote-unquote, on-set crap out of them. Um, I really did enjoy that. But if if Daniel Bryan loses this, unless they – I mean, they might swerve us. I'm going to assume that Daniel Bryan's not going to renegotiate his contract. That's when there's just one SummerSlam because he has a couple more weeks and then that will be up. Uh, I Maybe they could be extending it, and this is all a swerve, but that's what my instincts are going to go towards. Uh, Chris, how do you feel about this and the feud? Well, I I think Daniel Bryan will end up getting a win here. I honestly do. I thought his contract was good until because he signed in July, right? Nope, he hasn't signed it yet. Okay, because I thought that he was – I know it was set to ex- expire in September, which was after – after it was after the the all in date basically because of the non mm-hmm. when you add in the non compete it would have been after all in. Um, if he takes a loss here, he might leave. I could see that. I, I don't think he will though. I think he'll either win or the Miz will win, but it'll be a, in in some sort of heel fashion, and they'll set up another Daniel Bryan Miz match. But uh, I don't know, man. They haven't done a whole lot with Bryan as much as I thought they were going to do. It makes sense for them going to this feud. It would be nice to see Daniel Bryan get a, just a straight, clean win here over The Miz. And then if they want to continue the feud, they still can. But um, with WWE booking, I could also just see The Miz winning uh, in some kind of chicken shit. He'll, well, he'll weigh because he's The Miz, you know. So I mean, it would make sense. But I I don't know how long you build this thing out. To the, I mean, if you're building it out to the next pay-per-view. What, the next pay-per-view is what? We had SummerSlam and then... What the, uh, you know what I mean? The next, the next, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next pay-per-view is even smaller than this, so it makes sense for you know Daniel Bryan to win um, and move on towards maybe the title card against either Samoa Joe or AJ Styles would be my guess, but I don't know. At that point, where are you doing with the Miz? Also, so they, I don't know. It's a weird situation to have them feuding right now in general, but that's what they're doing, and I think that they're doing good, a good job, like with their segments and everything. Uh, playing off, you know, what originally started their feud, but uh, I don't know that I, I, I don't know that I'm ready to say Daniel Bryan's going to leave just because he loses this match. But they haven't yeah, been doing I'm, I'm a lot with him. Yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering if you know if this is already set in stone. They already know if it's not going to happen. They haven't made the announcement to still bring steam towards Daniel Bryan because as soon as they announce that he's leaving or departing, 
but they didn't re- re- renegotiate, people are going to go fucking ape shit. So if that were to have happened, this is already assumed ahead of time. They like a guy going out to go on bottom. And I could just see WWE being like, all right. I, I just feel like, I don't know, not 100%. The Miz might wear, with the heel ass way and the steps up for something later on. But this also could be an indicator that he's not going to renegotiate or he, he decides not to and he's going to cut out, basically, once the contract's up. Which would be really crazy and insane, but um, who knows? Um, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, this is the one everyone wants Dean Ambrose because, you know, I guess we can go over it now. Uh, we don't have to bring it up separately. But Dean Ambrose has a lot of rumors, and there's I've heard a lot of people talking about that Dean Ambrose, he's clear to wrestle, and there's a good chance he might come back to SummerSlam. So before, even people probably that don't even know that information, that he's cleared, um, are speculating that he's going to come help Seth Rollins out. God, please don't let that happen. What I would love to happen is if they're having their match, of course, Drew McIntyre's causing shit the whole entire time. That's what they've been building up on, is that there's always going to be interference from this huge dude. And at one point, he gets wiped out, and you're down to Dolph and Seth. For a while, Dolph goes to try to steal that shit, and then maybe, like, while he's about to, like, nail Seth with a chair, you have Dean enter the ring, take him out, have the chair, be behind Seth Rollins like he's about to help him out, and then chair Seth Rollins in the back, hit him a couple times, put Dean on top of him. A little homage to the past, if you will, with how Shield broke up. And, and now Dean Ambrose is a badass heel and just set him fucking crazy and, and cut loose on whatever. I think it would just give some dimension. And then you can have... Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, who, I mean, the universal title picture is fucking nuts right now. They can start going at it, have a few with themselves, and really tell some cool stories and let Dolph Ziggler go against whoever the fuck else is next uh, with that whole entire thing. I don't think that's going to happen because it would be really cool uh, if he does come back and it is SummerSlam. He'll probably just help out Seth Rollins, and then they'll start shooting with some tag team things. Uh, maybe the, the next night on fucking Raw, and I'll just keep on building up. Maybe they'll win the tag team champion. I don't know. Uh, Chris? I could, total, I could totally see him coming out and helping Seth. Uh, you know, coming, there's the refs down. He comes out to help help Seth against Drew and Dolph. And he wallops both of them, and then he just wallops Seth afterwards and leaves. And then the rest of that match is just whatever because he is still the loose cannon. And then I could see him showing back up, if not in this match, but in the main event to screw over Roman Reigns. Um, The reason being is I don't know that they're super stoked on Roman Reigns getting the title still. I don't think that they think that that's going to be a good match, even with as much as they're building it. And I think if you're going to use Dean Ambrose against a S.H.I.E.L.D. member, that would be a good way to get out of that match uh, because it's a DQ match. So if Dean shows up, wallops Brock, wallops Roman, disqualification, Brock retains the title, leaves to go UFC or whatever, WWE will just create a new title until Brock comes back and then you'll have a champion versus champion at WrestleMania. That's more than likely what I would see happening with Dean Ambrose, who is rumored for the show, but I could also see him showing up in either match. 
or both matches. If it was me, book him in both matches, have him demolish both the Steel Brothers. You set up a three-way for whatever the hell WWE title they're going to put out while Brock is gone, which Brock will be gone for probably at least five months, six months leading up to whenever the hell that fight with Cormier is. So I'm assuming he'll be back at WrestleMania, and then that sets up a champion versus champion. Um, I mean, they've done it with, they did it with CM Punk when CM Punk left with the title. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just do something like that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like the whole entire scenario. I, I like the fact that he screws over his shield brothers. You could really do a big, you know, heel run. Um, and that would be, it would probably be a lot of fun and add some, something different to Raw um, if they're going to include him. God, if it's Jason Jordan, I swear to God, I'm going to fucking just, my head will explode. If, like, he comes I, I wouldn't and even... Ambrose come back, and, like, J- Jason Jordan comes back, like, yeah! And that, that, that's what yeah. I, I could see, you know, it, it, I think that if he comes out and he attacks, you know, Ziggler, Rollins, and Drew McIntyre, and then he attacks Brock and Roman, it doesn't necessarily have to be a heel run. It could just be an anti-everything run, a, a stone-cold run kind of thing. And I think if you really like go full bore with that... Show. Yes, where you could build him as a face or a heel, depending on how you wanted to do it. And that's why I would have him do it in well, that manner. Like yeah. Um, because then you can set up whoever the hell you want, like as far as who Dean Ambrose is going to go after from then on out. Um, so I, I don't know that I would book him straight heel after that, but I would definitely lean him more towards a Stone Cold Steve Austin type of persona of a fuck everybody. Um, now you're getting me excited about this pay-per-view, and that's good. And you know what? Looking back, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that like WWE, and I, I do too. I mean, I grew up on it, and there's a lot of good stuff that I see. Um, there's just a lot of bad stuff too. I, Cedric Alexander versus Drew Gulak is probably going to be a good match. Nakamura and Hardy should, in theory, be a good match. I've seen them go against. They seem to have some chemistry, but there was a very quick ball hit, so... We didn't get a lot of it. Um, and I don't know if you had Randy, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Charlotte versus Becky, just take Carmella out of there. It's going to be fun, probably. <laughs> Ken O'Brien versus The Miz, it's going to be fun to see what the hell happens with it. The next match, Ron Strowman versus Kevin Owens for the Money in the Bank briefcase. Now, my money is on Braun, especially since they're pointing out that he's taken a couple bullshit losses between Kevin getting thrown from the cage last pay-per-view. And then gender uh, getting uh, or got counted out I think the last time. I don't remember what happened the time before that. Either way, I can't see them giving Kevin. I can't, uh, let me just say this: I can't see them giving another wrestler the briefcase. And I know that Braun doesn't need it, but he gave it to him. So what the fuck's the point? Unless you realize it was a horrible mistake to have this big guy. Even though Braun is still big, kids still love him. I'm sure he's doing one of the top merchandise. His fire was a fuckload more flaming, if you will, um, not too long ago. And it's kind of fizzled and simmered, if you will, for, for a while. So I'm not saying – he's just not as over as he used to be, but he's still over, so I'm trying to say. Um, you take it off to him, Braun doesn't really need it. But I feel like Braun would win it, but if there's one person that's going to do it, it probably would be Kevin Owens. Um, 
especially since just like Finn, he never got his rematch for the title. Chris, what do you think? What if Dean Ambrose interferes in this match as well? <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, I, I, uh, I, I don't see Braun losing, but it would make more sense for Kevin Owens to have the money in the bank. Um, that being said, I, I think Braun's going to end up winning here. I don't think the match will be very good because it'll focus around Jinder Mahal and the Singh brother more than it'll focus around what Braun and Kevin are doing in the ring. Which you shouldn't have to book Kevin Owens like that. He's a former champion. It's but it, To have Jinder Mahal even involved in this feud is just stupid. So I hate the entire thing, which sucks because I really like Kevin Owens and Braun Strowman a lot. I agree with you, man. I'm right with you. All right, let's talk about a match that probably shouldn't happen, but they have nothing to do with for Finn Balor. Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin. The rubber match. Pay-per-view, Baron beat him on Raw. Um, yeah, I like both these guys. You know, a lot of people don't like Baron Corbin. I think he's extremely quick. I like his, his signature and his finishing move especially. And, you know, he might not be the best on Team Mike, but I like getting him, seeing him get smacked in the ribs by Roman. Cool Roman! Actually, Roman actually wasn't bad on run. I think that I, I'm impressed, I will just say this, that Roman is gaining the crowd's response in a positive way. Very, at least probably the best confused with the shield again. Um, so I guess they're doing their whole fucking thing of making Brock the worst deal to get Roman over, but still don't think he's going to fucking win the match. But we'll get to that later on. Uh, Tim Ballard, Baron Corbin, Chris. Um, who cares? They better give it to fucking Finn. What do you think? I would assume Finn gets a win here, or somehow they get Elias Sampson involved in this shit for no reason, would be my guess. I, I don't know. I, like, Elias isn't on this pay-per-view, right? It hasn't been announced, but one of the rumored matches and, that could still be added is Elias versus Bobby Lashley, but there's yeah, been no announcement. So, if they're not going to do anything with that, I would assume Finn just wins clean over Corbin. And I think they put Corbin in a good spot as, like, the raw, I don't know, not GM, but personal assistant to Stephanie or whatever the fuck he's doing now. I think that has shown that he can be personable. He hasn't been great on the mic, but he has been better. Um, But it's also a role where you're not going to win a lot of matches or you shouldn't win a lot of matches, right? So uh, I could see Finn just winning clean here. The problem is, what the hell are you going to do with Finn afterwards? They have nothing for him to do. Is he going to be the next guy? I think that if you go the Dean route, then obviously he would be the next guy against Dolph. I think that would be the smart money, right? Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. I'm I'm assuming, man, now a whole scenario that we kind of built with with Gil or with Gil, uh, with Dean Ambrose being this in-the-middle crazy guy coming back. If you put Finn Balor against Dean Ambrose or against uh, Dolph Ziggler, they have a run. Then ends up getting the title, and then obviously you would start off, I would assume, with Seth against Dean. All I'm trying to say is later on, an unhinged Dean Ambrose against, you know, this babyface uh, version of Finn Balor, maybe going to the level of the demon. I think you could have a lot of fun with the two of them and bring Finn a little bit out of this slump they fucking put him in um, for a while now. Uh, Anyways, um, and that's my reflection. Uh, 
keep on going. The Bludgeon Brothers versus the New Day for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Uh, New Day had an amazing match against the Bar. I think probably one of the best matches last week. Actually, probably the best out of Raw and SmackDown, that's for sure. Um, and uh, I enjoyed it. I really thought the Bar was going to win. Makes sense. The New Day is Bludgeon Brothers. The New Day are going to win the titles again. Um, I really do. I think that the Bludgeon Brothers they need to figure out something. Like, putting them together, waiting five fucking months and putting Luke Harper back in the role of being a singles competitor. And, and Rowan, obviously, but... Or put the fucking Wyatt family back together. How about the Wyatt family just... just They have, like, a month... They lose. They have a month where, you know, or a month or two where the Ro, Rowan and the Bludgeon Brothers are just gone. And then Bray turns on Matt Hardy. You do it on the fucking compound, and you have you know, all of them show up and they just beat the shit out of them or something. Something to that level. God damn it, man. I can just, I can book stuff. I think I can. Like, am I not, can, can, can I Can I qualify, Chris? <laughs> sure, man. Uh, I, I, I think the New Day is going to win here just because they're going to have better matches with the Bar and with the Usos and the Bludgeon Brothers haven't really had that great of matches. They haven't been bad, but no one's really behind them and they're not really getting any heat, in my opinion. So it would make sense just to move on from them. Um, it's weird they smashed them back together and gave them this weird gimmick. And it was weird when it happened, and I tried to give it time to simmer in, but it's just it's not working. Um, the Wyatt Brother thing makes sense. I think the you know the thing that most makes the most sense is actually just building Luke Harper and maybe splitting Rowan off to yeah. Raw or something, or just splitting them completely. Um, and then just having Rowan try to do his own thing. Um, I think them being on the same roster is always going to just make you want to smash them together. Uh, the same thing if you put you know them on the same roster as Bray. Eventually, you're going to want them to smash back together. And I think the only way to get past that is to just separate them completely. <laughs> because I think uh, Luke Harper is probably, to me, is the best of that group of three. I know a lot of people really like Bray Wyatt. I think Bray Wyatt's fine on the mic, even though he... He's good on the, He's good at talking. He's good at hey, inflecting his speech, but like what he's saying never makes any fucking sense. So it doesn't. I, I don't really that, equate that. No. To me, I don't equate that as being like great on the mic. I think it's a good character. I just wish he would do a little more with it. And then obviously they haven't really booked him that well. I think Luke Harper could have been something special, and they kind of like wasted him a little bit. I'd like to see him have kind of a monster run in the middle of. SmackDown's card where the talent's a little smaller and it would make sense to put like a US title on him. Hey man, I mean I didn't I, I completely agree with you on this huge blue card remark. It's on uh it's a Christian and they both said that um they think that he has a lot of potential basically like, you know. Ed said went ahead and say that if you built up Blue Copper correctly, he could main event a special thing to go against the Undertaker, and it would be a great match, and also he could do that level, um, which Luke took extremely well, or, you know, that was a huge compliment, obviously, but uh, I don't know. I just, it's, it's his eyes, it's the way that he sells it, and, and it's wrestling ability, especially for his size. I've always been impressed with the dude. Um, he's kind of like Chad Gable between the two. I always said that Chad should have gotten the, uh, you know, uh, push between him and uh, Jason Jordan. And I really think that they're going to be back, back together because Jason Jordan really didn't work out simples-wise. But um, anyways, I'm kind of rambling. Uh, I'm about to move on. Do you have any uh, other things to say about the tag match? Or anything like that? 
No, I think it'll be a decent match. I, I, either the New Day comes out on top as champions or the bar interferes and the Bludgeon Brothers retain. But I, I would hope that the New Day just comes out champions and they move on from this. The Bludgeon Brothers reign, which hasn't been bad or anything. It just hasn't been good. And I think there's other tag team feuds you can set up on SmackDown that would be more entertaining to watch. Absolutely. All right, next match. Alexa Bliss versus uh, Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's Championship. Are they going to wait until Evolution to put it on Ronda, or is she going to wear the belt into Evolution? I think Ronda's just going to have to wait. She's just got to win here, honestly. I think she just needs to straight win. And then whatever they do down the road is just going to be built about. It's going to be built around Ronda Rousey anyway, so she might as well have the title. Absolutely. I agree. Um, AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe for the WWE Championship. Now, my, you know, it's the same thing for Mania I had uh, for, for AJ and, and Shinsuke. You know, it's, it's not fair, this comparison, in a way, because Shinsuke and AJ, I'm sure, have worked together before that one legendary match um, at Wrestle Kingdom. But, you know, Samoa Joe and AJ have been working together for years. But I was about to say, pair, I shouldn't expect this to be as amazing as I, my expectations are. One, because, you know, WWE can kind of do that. And two, because I expected a lot of, out of him and Shinsuke and didn't really live up to the hype, if you will. It's going to be a excellent match between the two. I think WWE will give him enough time and everything for it. And do you think Samoa Joe could leave as champion? I think it's very likely Samoa Joe does leave as champion. Um, just because if you want to get the belt back on AJ, this gives you time to give him a push going into WrestleMania. And Joe is going to be a great heel champion. Um, if you want to put someone like, if we're just looking at their roster, if you want to move Jeff Hardy up, or move some other guys around to challenge, you know, Daniel Bryan would be good against Samoa Joe. There's some other stuff you can do there uh, for Joe to go against while you kind of put, you know, AJ on the back burner to give him a build up to WrestleMania to possibly win the title, maybe even win a Royal Rumble. Um, But Samoa Joe, I I think winning right here would be smart, and you can do a lot with him going forward. He's going to be a great heel. And as far as their match goes, I think the big difference between AJ and Sinsuke Nakamura is they were used to working, you know, 30 to 45 minute matches in New Japan, and Nakamura was able to do a lot more. Uh, not only because he was in better, like I, I don't want to say in better shape, but he was younger, and the yeah. strong, like his ability to use his strong style move set, it was a lot broader there than it is here. AJ Styles and Samoa Joe know the WWE style. They both had great WWE matches. I haven't, the only good, like the only great Nakamura match I've seen is the one he had with Sami Zayn in NXT. And he beat the absolute yeah. dog shit out of Sami Zayn. So that was the closest, I think, in WWE that people have seen New Japan Nakamura. If you want to like get a glimpse at that that's not New Japan would be watch, you know, Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. Like that's closest you're going to get to what he was in New Japan. But, like, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe have both had great matches since they've been in WWE, and putting those two together, as long as they don't give them, like, 15 minutes to work, you should get a really, really good fucking match out of this. And if they give them, like, 25 minutes, it could be the best match out of the cards that we've talked about thus far, including All-In in SummerSlam. Because that's the high end of what they can do in the ring. 
The weird thing I think about this match is where the hell are they going to put it on the card? Because if they put, I'm assuming they're going to put Lesnar Reigns last. So does that mean we're going to get AJ Styles and Samoa Joe first? Like they normally do? I don't know, man. That's crazy. Because that'll affect uh, how the quality of the match, too, is depending on where they put it on in this card. Because if they put it in, I don't know, if they put it on right after Braun Strowman, Kevin Owens, the Bludgeon Brothers versus the New Day, and then they just slam that match in the middle somewhere, I think that will uh, that'll affect the card either way. But I think it'll be a good match, no matter what. I To me, this is your top billing match. I know you're big on Brock and Roman, and you've been building it, but AJ Styles versus Samojo is the match that everybody actually wants to see. So, Oh, yeah. No, and don't get me wrong, I'm not building the match. I'm building the scenario that we're, we've been uh, kind of getting at with the Roman Reigns uh, match. You know, I know it's probably going to be the last match, oh. but I'm looking forward to AJ Styles versus Samojo the most. Yeah, and I wasn't necessarily just referring to you, just in, in general. <sighs> yeah. Uh yeah, but um, I guess, well, I have a question. I mean, well, yeah, not, not so much a question, but like a statement. Um, Joe's they don't have the longest time to build this feud, obviously. They're kind of like rushing it a little bit. But I have to say, Samojo is one of the best talkers, if not the best talker, on SmackDown, and probably rightfully so out of everything that that Um Just the viciousness about him going after AJ family. And I want to say that AJ had a lot to come back with, but for someone that's not been known in the past for his good promos, I thought that he cut an excellent promo uh, back with SmackDown. I'm liking their feud, basically. What do you think? Yeah, AJ Styles is good when they give him material to work on, to work with. A lot of the problems with AJ Styles is because he's so good in the ring, the program based around him in the past has never been built very well. Like, he's had some good feuds specifically against people – uh, when he was leaving TNA, he had a, like kind of a good feud against Dixie Carter. Like he's had some good promos in the past. AJ Styles is one of those weird guys, almost like a Owen Hart in a way, where they're like, "We can put you in a match with anyone. It doesn't really matter what the program is because you're over, and everyone knows you're going to have a good ass match." And you, he has a yeah. natural charisma in a way that a lot of other he has a natural charisma in the same way Jeff Hardy does. It doesn't mean that they can't cut a promo. It's just not something they're known for, as far as like the first thing you think about when you think about like a Jeff Hardy or an AJ Styles, because they both have a natural charisma, but AJ Styles can cut a promo. If you put him in the right storyline and you give him a heel, like Samoa Joe, someone that he can actually feed off of, he's going to have a hell of a lot more to say um, and a lot more to come back with. And I, I think he has done really well uh, the past few weeks with, with Samoa Joe, but I, I think, you know, it's a good reason to have Joe win this match no matter how he wins it, even if he wins dirty as hell, it makes sense because then you can build AJ Styles back up as this, you know, sympathetic baby face. Um, kind of like they do with, you know, not as bad as they did with Gargano or as intense as they have with Gargano, but you could do something similar where AJ Styles is actually a sympathetic baby face, something that you don't get very often in WWE. Um, so Samoa Joe is kind of the big, bad, big, bad wolf, so to speak. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, Joe, is, Joe is gonna kill you. Uh, yeah. Yep. So I, I I agree with you. I but I, I I've said in the past he's not a great promo, but when you give AJ Styles the right heel and the right program, he can cut a good promo. He's not like terrible. 
I would say, you know, like if we're doing like out of five stars, he's like a, you know, three and a half, four, somewhere in there. Yep, I agree. All right, last uh, match to talk about, uh, the one that we've kind of seen at, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Uh, like I said, they've been building this up pretty well. Uh, they've definitely get to the audience that Brock Lesnar, you know, is dick, which I can't too hard if you don't kill him, Brock. We can actually include it now that I think about it. Um, the work that, that Paul Heyman did with that promo, my God, the level of commitment. Um, he is a pretty damn incredible actor. I just I just will say that. I've, I've always thought that, but that that was uh, one hell of a performance. I don't know if they had to like put like onions underneath his eyes or whatever, but um, Roman Reigns also, last couple weeks, He's definitely booed, but you can definitely... It sounds so pathetic, Chris, because it's really like a bunch of drunk dudes going, Roman sucks! And then you hear all the kids going against them. Probably the dad and their child right next to each other, screaming at each other. Maybe they'll fight. I don't know. Either way, I I can't really give any more build-up. It's Roman Reigns with Brock Lesnar for the fucking title. Brock's probably going to win it somehow. Um, and Roman, the, the, the best scenario I can play out in my head will be, in regards to the Paul Heyman stuff, because we'll talk about that too, especially with all the rumors and man that video for that interview. But um, Brock Lesnar beats Roman Reigns, and then Braun Strowman catches in and beats Brock Lesnar. I don't think that would make Roman look really, really bad. Um, but I don't know. I, Brock's going to win this, isn't he? It's a weird, it's a weird thing, because I actually think that Brock is somehow going to leave this thing champion. Um, And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, honestly. I think there's a couple ways out of it. You could have – one of them is involving Paul Heyman in that promo. So I don't know if you want to talk about that now or wait and talk about it. You can bring it up if you want. Okay. So basically, if you watch that full promo at the very end, he basically says that right now with the way Brock is, no one can beat Brock. And then he pauses, and he starts to say, unless, and Renee Young catches him, and he does a really good job of selling it and just leaves. And she's like, unless what? So it's kind of like a cliffhanger. And the unless what, to me, would be one of two things. One we've already talked about, Dean Ambrose. Um, And you could have a similar relationship with Dean and Paul as you did with CM Punk and Paul Heyman. That's one scenario. The other scenario is that Paul Heyman – interferes in the match and costs Brock the title or he convinces Braun Strowman to cash in. Those are the only way I see Brock Lesnar losing the title. Outside of that, if it's just a one, one-on-one match, it doesn't make sense for Reigns to win. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm still leaning towards him walking out because I think the way Vince sees it is – having his belt on UFC brings more prestige to Brock Lesnar, especially if Brock Lesnar beats Cormier and has both belts. So that's the other side of the coin is that he's going to get free promotion of his belt being on someone else's TV. And that might be how he's looking at it in general, but if they're going to go out of it, it's going to have something to do with Paul Heyman, Dean Ambrose and or Braun Strowman. Those are the only ways I see you know, Lesnar losing. So 
it's going to be a weird match, and I don't think it's going to be very long. I think they might keep it about the same length as they did Goldberg versus Lesnar, which is around, like, what, seven or eight minutes? And a lot of that was just yeah. uh, them flexing at each other. That was a good match, considering how bad their other two matches were. And I think you can have a good match that way if it's done right. So we'll see what happens, but that's my guess of what is going to occur as far as scenarios can go. Absolutely. Um, and, I mean, all those scenarios definitely make a lot of sense. Um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like the idea. I mean, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, Roman, like, I, I don't know how the hell they're going to go about this. If, if we don't have Paul trying to convince Roman to let him help them out for the match, and they go in stupidly like that and try to still play it where, even though Paul's a heel, Roman's a baby face. And he still helps them win. And then they they build something like that. I would hate it. I would hope that this is actually a heel turn for Roman if he's going to align himself with Roman. If you align him with Braun, though, that gets tricky because you're either trying, you're either going to turn Paul babyface now or Braun's going to become a heel. And I don't know if they really want to do that with Braun. They have a lot of potential that they haven't quickly gone into with him. Uh, I don't know. I really feel like it's going to be Brock Lesnar winning, and Paul Heyman might try to like convince Roman to let him help him, and he keeps it going the whole entire match, and then fucks over Roman at the end, and aligns him back up with, with Brock Lesnar. Maybe it was all a ruse. I have no idea. Uh, that's the worst yeah, thing. I, mean, I, think, I feel like it's probably going to happen at that point. I, I think you could just go the, you know, even if you go the Paul Heyman route, you don't necessarily have to turn the person heel. Like, they didn't do that with CM Punk. And, they, and Brock Lesnar has been face the majority of his title run, if you really think about it, That's in comparison to who he was That's going against. You know, Paul Heyman's just a hype guy. Braun doesn't necessarily need a hype guy, but it wouldn't hurt, you know, to have Paul Heyman there, or even if it's just for this one match. It could be that Paul Heyman convinces Braun to cash in, and then, you know, Braun destroys him, and then he gets a babyface pop for that as well. Like, there's lots of ways to book out of that. I think the more intriguing one for me is that if you go – if you want to do something super special with Dean Ambrose, you can have him cost both of them in the titles or align with Paul Heyman and keep Paul Heyman around as someone trying to keep Dean Ambrose under control until he like absolutely snaps. And then you get like a, a, a heel ass Ambrose if you want to go that route. But I do think it's going to pivot on Paul Heyman and then whatever they want to do to get out of that match. I don't think it's going to be very long and something inside of me tells me that you know, Brock is going to walk away champion um, if they don't go one of those routes. But this one to me is a toss-up because it really just depends on if Vince wants to let Brock leave with the title. If he thinks it's going to be good for business to let Brock leave with the title, I don't think he's going to care. And I don't think it really matters because, like I said, they'll just print out another title and have, like, a tournament or a three-way match, something similar like they did the last time someone left with the title. So it's not even the first time they've been down this road. So I don't think they have a fear of that. It's just pull the trigger on Braun. You know, that's that's the thing. And that's then the what are they going to do with Paul Heyman? And I don't think Paul Heyman's going to stick around. So that's that's the other side of that story is, is he even wanting to stick around when Braun's not there, which I don't necessarily think is the case. I don't think he wants to work every Monday. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, that was our assessment of SummerSlam. Um coming to a theater near you very, very soon. And uh, most of the information will have to wait until afterwards. Um, 
the more I think about it, I do think SummerSlam is going to be a fun event, and it can't take much more to be better than WrestleMania. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, let's go to our news, Chris. Uh, we got a little bit of news tonight. Uh, first, starting with uh, uh, Tomatonga seems to be uh, in some heat with New Japan. Uh, apparently, a lot of people thought it was someone planted in the audience, but he assaulted an audience member. I haven't seen the footage. I have no idea. Um, I don't know if he, like, choked him or, like, smacked someone or something like that. Uh, and you showed me something separately. I think it was posted today about him basically saying, I don't give a fuck. Uh, but this is a statement that New Japan made. Uh, NJPW takes action or takes action taken by our wrestlers seriously. In light of inappropriate conduct by Tomatonga, including SNS usage, the company has decided to take disciplinary action against said wrestler and will issue updated guidelines to all wrestlers. Now, Chris, part of me wants to think professional wrestling, obviously. Tomatonga, you know, the stuff that he's been doing at a G1, which I, don't, I actually don't like at all, but kind of the, for the same reason that you have said, because it's a tournament, it's kind of special. No reason to get reason to get that much storyline, but kind of playing this whole thing. He doesn't give a fuck about the G1. He's beating up whoever he wants to beat up, and that's his whole mentality. So part of me would want to think this is all bullshit, and they're trying to build heat. But this is a statement that came from them. Is New Japan a company that would put out, like even if the person was planted in the audience, and that was a worker and stuff like that, would they make it look, at least from them, that – you know, they're taking things seriously, make a statement like that, if it was actually a way to try to get just some heat on, on Tomatonk. I mean, I think they would. I, they've, they're one of the few companies that care that much about kayfabe where they might do something like that. I don't know that that's the case. I do think it's weird that Tomatonk is still out there talking, saying zero fucks given, like, three hours before the show, if he was really in any kind of worry about his career in New Japan whatsoever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing, is that he's still out there getting heel heat. Like, he didn't stop. <laughs> Which points to me... Yeah, that, that's you really know, weird. Points to a storyline. Um, now, he may have taken it a step too far and actually grabbed a fan, which I think they said he grabbed him by the neck or he grabbed a fan or something. Which, back in the old times, you know, heels did that. So that's not, you know, super far-fetched for someone to do. Obviously, you can't do that now with lawsuits and shit. Well, you couldn't really do it then. Just Vince was really good at – promoters were really good at burying that stuff back in the day. It's a lot harder to do now with TV and all of that. But if it was a plant, I mean, it would make sense. I, You know, New Japan's so shady. If you remember when Shibata got hurt, kind of the press release they did around that for weeks and weeks – as far as what his actual status was, uh, they kayfabe that stuff a little bit. They, they're a little shady when it comes to that stuff. Um, I don't know, man. They, they, they book their sport like it's a real – or they book their wrestling like it's a real sport still. And he was getting heat with Roman. This might be a card that they just pulled to get him more heat. Um, him coming out today on Twitter and doing that kind of just points to it being – a character building activity. <laughs> and I like Tamatanga. I think yeah. if you just give him the mic, you don't really need him to do stuff like that. You don't really need the company to get behind it. But uh, 
right after he posted that uh, post, he posted a whole lineage of tees on pro wrestling uh, tees that says Tamatanga gives zero fucks, uh, telling people to stop asking about the t-shirt. And then he also said, you can thank me later, Marks, earlier today, meaning that I think that he honestly doesn't give a single fuck. And... uh, <laughs> and is clearly uh clearly out there just playing uh playing with people's emotions uh, as is new japan if this is the case but just based on the way tamatunga is reacting on twitter the fact he hasn't calmed down or chilled at all leads me to believe it was a plan and i think he can be a great yeah. heel, someone that you can build around specifically going against kenny omega um i don't know if you've heard a lot of tamatunga promos but it is similar he has uh, the same aggression as a uh Samoa Joe he can obviously say a little bit more because it's not yep. PG um it fits his character to play this type of heel no, I have absolutely no man. problem with it um yeah you know for for all we know it could just be New Japan saying okay we updated the guidelines and then they throw a fine at him and say we find him this much money and that still plays into a legitimate sports thing. Like if someone yelled at a fan or did something inappropriate in any other type of sport, fine, maybe an in-game suspension, which could be that he gets suspended from the rest of the G1 tournament, which isn't going to affect him at all because <laughs> he, he doesn't really have any points in the G1 because he's just been being a heel the entire time. So either way, he's just going to come out with more heat than he had going in. So it's, uh, it's a good move for him as a character either way. Yeah, I, I love the shot that Roman with the uh, Superman punches that he doesn't land. That's pretty funny. Um, I, I like Tama the co- keep cocking your fist and we'll keep laughing at you. It was pretty fucking good, too. <laughs> it's whatever. The funny thing is, I mean, and I'm sure some people know that. I'm, I, I don't know about you, but Samatanga, they, they, like, grew up together. There's, like, I, there's a bunch of pictures online of the two of them, like, eating and shit like that, hanging out. So I'm sure that, if anything... It's just causing Tonga to look more like a fucking heel and create more shit and connect with people that obviously would be the people that don't like Roman. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, he also, you know, he also called Elgin has- a mark <laughs> recently, which is pretty <laughs> fucking funny. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you're, in other words, if you're, not, if you're not following Tamatanga on Twitter, for you Twitter people out there, follow the bad boy Tamatanga at... <laughs> Tama underscore Tonga on Twitter because it's, it's incredible. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, um, I'll have to visit there again after uh, we get off. Uh, next item of news, uh, Alistair Black. Ah, man. Uh, the recording that's going to air next week uh, leading up to obviously TakeOver. They record stuff at NXT ahead of time. I think it's three episodes. And then they, they break and then they smear them and they record the other three. Something like that uh, to, to that level. Either way, so they recorded a match. Uh, um, I was Tamasa Champa went to rack Alistair Black, who was on the top rope. And the way he came down, I don't know if he was backwards or if he was forwards. I have no idea. He went testicle into – he hurt himself. Um, at first, they thought it was testicular torsion, I believe, for your, your, your two guys get twisted from a process like that. And if they don't untwist them, do surgery to get them unwrapped, um, blood bolts, blow could end, and yeah. Not a good thing. 
Um, apparently now I've heard it's torn groin, but it's still something where he might be out. He might not be able to make takeovers. So they've already recorded the episode leading into it. They can go to Masa Ciampa, obviously, versus Johnny Carcano again, but I don't think they want to do that then. I think that this is going to have a story that would have led up to the third match between the two of them. So they're in kind of a pickle. Um, what do you think is going to happen? Um, and are, are, I, don't, I don't really know what to ask you. Like, are you happy about the story about a dude tearing his groin? Um, no, I think it sucks he's injured. I don't know what they're going to do with their TV going into TakeOver. There was an update uh, a couple hours before the show on this one that I meant to send to you. Uh, both Pro Wrestling Sheet and PW Insider reported that he's going to be out until October and that he will not be at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, which means they will have to do something to set up a championship match, someone? I would assume. Huh? Did they add one of Tomas Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano? Like, it was supposed to be the three of them, obviously, for, um, Whatever happens tonight and the next week, you know, that's the match that we're getting laid out. So Ciampa, who has a championship, versus Gargano versus Black. Um, do they add another person, or do they let Ciampa and, and Gargano, even if they're planning for a later date, have their rubber match for the belt, just the two of them, and let them just, you know, rough house? I mean, I don't think they have a choice, because what when's, let's see when TakeOver Brooklyn is... If he's out until October, yeah, he's out. Which that's for it's it's August 18th, so they're not going to have a choice. I mean, I, I'm assuming that they're going to show this week's NXT and then cut in probably him getting attacked by Champa, Champa taking him out, and then setting up a championship match between Champa and Gargano, and then building Black versus I, I would assume Champa when Black gets back if they don't just move him to the main roster. That's the weird thing with Aleister Black is, are they going to move him to the main roster before uh, the Royal Rumble, right? Because we're, we're yeah. headed that way. Because we're, we're about to be to fall, right, after this pay-per-view for NXT. So is he even going to come back to NXT is one question. And the second question is, you know, the people that the only the, the people that I would put into that situation into a triple threat are already in other matches because uh, Cole and Ricochet are already in a match and you have Velveteen Dream already in a match and I think they would be the only two really that you could make a case for putting into a championship match, right? What about Peter Doon, the UK division NXT champion? You could. He's not been on TV at all, though. So I don't know what they would do. Yeah, I, I would assume weird. that they're just going to... They would have to, like, announce it that night. Like, oh, well, uh, shit happens. We got pizza. Yeah! I mean, they could do a number one contenders match, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah. Well, no, I don't I, know I, how I, they would I do they it. they aired everything. Or they've recorded everything, and they have this episode and then next week's episode that, that sets up the three-way for the pay-per-view at, uh, at SummerSlam. Yeah, so my assumption was since since it's already recorded, what they'll do is they'll just do what they did with uh, oh, yeah, Tadeo Otama, okay. with where Kevin Owens attacked Tadeo Otama when they were supposed to have a match and Otama was injured. Afterwards, they'll probably just pre, you yeah, know just record something like that, take him out of the match, and then if they want to do a three way match or something like that, 
I would assume that they would just do a number one contenders match on the pay-per-view, just add an additional match. Um, but my guess is you're just going to get Ciampa versus Gargano, which means Gargano could win the title here. Um, wow. Which would be interesting. Because it's going to be really weird to have Ciampa win again, right? Yeah, no, what I was, what I was expecting, and, and it actually could happen this format because it's NXT, but I really thought that um, Aleister Black was going to lose this match, but he would be the odd man out, and that Ciampa would, no, I guess Aleister Black would have had to take the pin from Gargano, and then Aleister would have made his way to the main roster after this match, post that takeover. And I guess, no, I guess keep the belt on Ciampa and then leave that to another match between Johnny. Maybe he caused, I don't know. It's just weird. But um, we'll have to wait and find out, see what happens. Uh, it's going to be soon. So. Uh, regardless, I think it's going to be an awesome match in there, or just two of them. It's just, I feel like they wanted to do this singles match for the title later on down the line. Um, but they might be rushed to do it now. Got to get the title. That'd be awesome. Um, either way, I uh, feel for Alistair Black. That's for Finch. Um all right, well, we got one more uh, little news item. We already talked about Dean Ambrose being uh, rumored for SummerSlam. And um, the whole Paul Heyman um, Emmy nomination kind of kind of went into that. So, John Cena apparently has a new finisher. Did you uh, read this article or, or look at it, the, the video that came with it? Because basically, he's been in China training at the Jackie Chan Dojo and learned something that I think is... Um, he basically said this is a six-moving dude that he's really criticized on having five moves. By the way, he dropped like 20 pounds, which is weird. I think he was like 250, or he was at something. Yeah, it, it, he lost a lot of weight as well, even though, I mean, it's junk feeding, but, but a lot of water weight. Um, and he has a new uh, six-moving doom that he's going to do at Shanghai's uh, event, which is coincidentally on the 1st of September, um, either way. Besides the whole company. I think he's going against uh, The Undertaker, I believe, at this event. Um, but what do you think about Six Moves Doom? Are you excited about that? Yeah. I'm excited to see what it is. Um, it'd be really weird seeing him do a karate move or, I, I, well, a kung fu move, because if he's cha- training at Jackie Chan's dojo, I would assume that it would be some sort of kung fu move. What I hope it's not is another submission hold because John Cena, like, well, it would still be better than the STFU. Is that what it's called? What does he call it now? <laughs> yeah, well, what what used to be called the STFU, it, it's got to be better than that, right? Like, uh, as far as if he goes submission. But it, it would be cool to see him have a new finisher. I have no problem with it. Not that there's anything wrong with the attitude adjustment. I mean, it's been his move for so long that, um, it's hard to think of him doing anything else, but, you know, if it's something really cool, uh, I think it's neat. I think it's, you know, they're doing this Shanghai show on September 1st, which is the same day as All In. Yeah. Which I think is, uh, that probably a different conversation for a different day, but, I, like, I wonder how that oh, thing is going to air. We, we can go into it a little bit. I mean, we just have to review the, uh, the 2G1 matches, so, I was going to ask you that. I kind of alluded to it. Um, 
you think WWE, like, I guess they pre-planned the Shanghai show in advance. I mean, they've had this in the pipeline. Do they mean for it to be on the same day? Like, uh, I guess we just never noticed, or is it something they kind of just planted? I, I, I don't really know. Weirdness, Chris, in this whole entire thing. Well, I mean, it's weird that they have John Cena specifically out there promoting this thing while they're running their normal shows, especially with his heart disease doing it on Twitter. Um, <laughs> promising to unveil a sixth move of doom. Like, I, you know, it's a weird thing because it's going to, it should be at a different time than all in. Right. Like I would assume that it's yeah. going to be maybe a weird daytime show, so it shouldn't affect them all that much. I, I, I hey, hope it's just a conscious... everything back to back to back live, people. Maybe you can watch <laughs> WWE fucking event in Shanghai, China. Which Saudi Arabia won? I think that's where they were at last. It was a lot of fun. Um, I, 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 I don't know. But yeah, it, it is kind of weird, though, isn't it? Yeah, because right now it's, it's 8.30 a.m. in China. So... Oh yeah, I would assume that it's almost going to be like a full day behind. So it it's yeah, it's just weird. It, <laughs> it's a weird thing. So um, oh, I I would assume that you're almost if you're in the U.S. and you're going to watch this thing live, you would be watching it the next. You'd be watching it on the second here. So maybe it won't be that big of a deal, but it's uh. It's definitely a little weird. If you're in China, you're probably not watching All In, or maybe you're watching both. Who knows? That'd be weird, right? Well, but, uh, yeah, the John Cena audience. tweet, he's, <laughs> he said he lost, uh, what he said, he, he dropped pounds on the uh, Jackie Chan Eye workout on Twitter. So I don't I don't know. He's been doing some cool wow. stuff on Twitter. I'm, I'm interested to see the six. I, I like that he pokes fun of himself and calls it the sixth move of doom, which is just John Cena being John Cena. He's a hard guy to dislike. <laughs> as much as people try. <laughs> Mark. Uh, all right. Um, all right, I guess. Yeah, let's, let's go over this. Uh, all right, so G1 tournament. Um, like I said last week, man, I mean, it's it's hard, dude. I, I, I think Chris has kept up with it a hell of a lot more than I have, but I've been able to see some of the big matches uh, leading up that uh, – who we'll get into, but also the other one that stands out to me that I've seen recently was Yokata. Uh, uh, uh match, which was brutal and a lot of fun. But speaking about brutal, some of this not so much a lot of fun, but uh, it was, well, yeah, it was brutal. Let's talk about um, Kenny Omega versus Ishii, which I honestly, I think this match was, it, it was stiff. And uh, some, of the, um, some of the knees that Kenny delivered, I mean, I know that, I know he, he says, and you can see it, that he hits, like, in the collarbone area, the majority of time, that's, that's what you hear. But I swear to God, it looked like the collarbone was right on the motherfucker's side of the head. Um, uh, quite a the time, quite a few of the times that each knee got. But either way, man, this is a lot of fun to watch. Um, I am surprised and actually really happy that uh, Ishii got a a win over him. Uh, Kenny's been unstoppable as as of uh, you know yet. 
Um, and you can see him kind of favoring his heel when he did his normal uh, Rise of the Terminator uh, flip to the outside. That's something that actually is going on in real life. Uh, you know, not something that he's obviously case uh for the tournament itself. But Shields messed up. I think it's broke in a part of it. Uh, so, yeah. Um, got cut open um, from a discless clothesline followed up by a sliding knee from Ishii, um, and it was a really great visual. Uh, something that kind of reminded me, Chris, of the Stone Cold uh, WrestleMania 13 is that at the end of it, when Kenny's losing and he's just completely bewildered of what the hell just happened, the blood's on his lips and kind of makes him look like the Joker almost in a way. It was, it was a pretty cool sight, but um, yeah, uh, there was a part where, uh, you know, there was three V-triggers in a row that was just like, Man, I, I don't know. It, it was it was a it was a stiff match, a lot of fun to watch. I love that part where Ishii's in a row and just got pissed. That was pretty awesome. Definitely also something I remember from the match. What did you think, Chris, of this awful match? Oh man, it was it was a lot better than I actually expected it to be. Um, just knowing Omega was injured, I was actually kind of surprised he lost because I it almost seemed like they were going to have him going undefeated through the entire thing. Um, because if I'm not mistaken, he was six and zero going into that match, right? Yep, or something like that. So it, it was just a good back and forth match, very hard hitting. Ishii has had uh, Ishii's had some great his overall, um, like like you said, very very stiff. Um, it's crazy because we're getting down to the finals now, and basically, you know, in Block B, there's three people left which is just Omega, Abushi, and Nato. So it didn't really hurt Omega to, to lose, so it made sense for Ishii to get the win, but it was a hell of a match and one I definitely recommend watching. Uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Is is it if Kenny wins his next match, does that automatically uh, take Nato out of the running? Or is it that if he would have, if he would have lost, if Nato lost his match, if he would have, no, that doesn't make any sense to express for it. I don't know, but they were trying to explain. Um, but do you, do you understand what I'm saying at all? So basically, Omega needs out by score. So basically, Omega needs to win his his match with Ibushi, or he's out. He won't be in the finals. Uh, same thing with Ibushi. If he loses, he's not in the finals. For Nato to win, he needs to beat Zack Saber Jr. and then hope Ibushi and Omega goes to a draw. So basically, who if Whoever wins out of Obushi oh. and Omega is going to go to the final. So they built this thing similar to how we thought they were, where it's going to be Cody versus Kenny yep. in the final. I would assume the fact that Kenny has the title, I would assume Coda is going to win that at least the that block. That doesn't mean he's going to win the entire thing, but he could win the, the B block. So the A block is a little different where you have if Tanahashi defeats Okada or draws with him, he's through to the finals. For Okada to get through to the finals, he has to defeat uh, Tanahashi, and Evil has to defeat Jay White. Uh, if if White holds, because uh, White holds the tiebreaker over Tanahashi and Okada, Okada, so all he has to do is beat Evil and have Okada win, and he's through. So they're in a weirder situation where you have like three matches. I'm going to go on a limb and say this could be a situation where Tanahashi just wins straight out. I'm, I, I Jay White has had a great run in the tournament, 
but it would be a weird situation where you're going to have Okada beat Tanahashi and then him beat Evil. It's possible, uh, but it, right now it's looking like you're either going to have White or Tanahashi versus probably Ibushi in the final. So that's in itself is intriguing. But, uh, yeah, we're getting down to the wire on that thing. There's only a few matches left. So I've been keeping up to the best of my ability, but I've had to start skimming through some of those triple, some of the tag team matches and, and kind of just hitting the main tournament matches as I've gotten further into the G1. Absolutely. I, I completely understand, you know. We got lives. It's, it's, a, it's a hard thing to try to go around, but, you know. These have been some amazing matches. Uh, this next one scared the shit out of me um, several times. Uh, Abushi, Kota Abushi, a wonderful baby face, one of the most athletic special wrestlers out there, uh, went against Takuya uh, Naito, and Naito definitely played the heel. You reminded me of, like, how can I make this comparison? All right, he's like a silent Roddy Roddy Piper, like the way that he sees the audience and gets them pissed off by just doing stuff to the baby face. Like, if you watch, like, mid-80s Piper, obviously, beforehand, um, Piper was obviously boastful and talked a lot more. Matter doesn't do that. He works with his face. But that's what it, it started. He was paying the heel, and then he ran through that whole concept throughout the whole entire match. And Bushi, obviously, I mean, people are still going to, you know, root for him. He has like like Chris said that that Steve Austin element to him, but he has in a way and that Piper element. I mean, Piper at one point was so beloved that you know no matter what he could still do killer shit, but he was over. Flair got that savage many people obviously. Um, but what I'm trying to say is this match also involved my my first note, Chris, was Abushi dumped on next three. Um, that's pretty much, it, it starts off, you know, just cocky arrogance. I don't take time to take off his whole entire suit and everything. The bell gets wrong and, you know, kind of a pissing contest. And then shortly after that, I guess that's where that first note happened, but it was suplex followed by, uh, one other thing. And then his move that he does in the ropes followed by a back suplex. Uh, I don't know, but it was something that's not as, as, that one wasn't nearly as bad as what happened. Uh, there was a time where I really thought they were going to go for that, that power driver off the top ropes because I know it's Kota Ibushi and he's crazy as fuck, giving it to Naito, and I also know that Naito's crazy. Um, so that when that happened, that scared the shit out of me. And then, God, Naito was slammed on his neck from – they were both on the apron, and Ibushi – was around Naito and kind of positioned them up um, on the second rope into the ring using the ropes as leverage while Naito fell right on the, the back of his neck, whole body, and then Ibushi's body came right on top of him. Um, and then he was dropped on his head from like a standing suplex. Uh, I think he was going for actually a brain buster, but just dropped him right on his head. Um, and uh, Abushi ended up beating Naito, but it was a fun match and very competitive, but it was one of those matches, Chris, that was, like, hard to watch after a while, um, especially since I watched it after I heard about um, Alvarez and uh, Metzler talking about it on the rest of his server. But 
how, how did you feel about this thing? Did you watch it, you know, without any knowledge prior? I watched it without, I watched it without any knowledge prior. And, um, I didn't think it was bad as it kind of got led up to be. I mean, I just, I've seen a lot of NATO and Abushi matches. There were some scary spots, but there always kind of is with those two. Um, I mean, the main thing to me is just how good both of them were at getting the crowd either behind them or against them. Like there was a spot like right at the beginning of the match, the bell rings and Abushi just yawns like while he's looking at NATO, which I thought was kind of fucking great. And then there's also like a spot right after that, uh, where NATO hits a drop kick to the back, um, and then like a back the back of Abushi, and then he uh, turn he turns and spits at the crowd, and then he uh, spits at Abushi, which is just totally like heel yeah. shit NATO that he always does. And there's so many good spots in the match; they're hard to just like go through, you know, in order. But I think you know, um, probably the last like. I would say like the last six minutes of this match were just back and forth and crazy reversals and Abushi was like bleeding and it was just a really, really good match. Probably one of my favorites of the tournament thus far. I do think it was a little scary and obviously they were trying to put on one hell of a show with it being the main event. Um, but yeah, I didn't listen to the, uh, the observer. I'll have to go back and listen to what their thoughts were. Uh, I would probably need to watch it again. I, I, I watched it and was paying attention to it, but I wasn't looking for, you know, individual bad spots. So I would have to go back and, and rewatch it to, to see all of the things that they were uh, talking about. There definitely was one or two that, that stood out, but for the most part, it's New Japan, and I've seen a lot of this in this tournament, so maybe I'm just numb to it at this point, which I don't know is necessarily a good thing. But, yeah, I didn't think it was, you know, too crazy. Um but overall, it was a lot of fun to watch, and definitely puts Abusha over uh, or Abushi over as like probably the top face uh, besides Omega in this tournament, which makes sense if he goes over, you know, Omega, and that builds on their storyline as well. Um, if he wins the title, then you get you know Golden Lover versus Golden Lover, which is kind of a cool storyline in itself. If he, if he ends up winning the G1, so I look forward to seeing what they're going to do, and hopefully Kenny can stay healthy enough to last until Wrestle Kingdom uh, with the title. If not, I don't, you know, depending on his injury, that may change up with what they're going to do with the G1. But, I mean, the interesting thing to me right now is just the block standings and the A block and whether it's going to be Tanahashi, Okada, or White. Because I would assume if that's your three, you would go Okada again, right? If you're going to have someone actually win from the A block. So... That's that's the weird thing is what the final final is going to be. I I, I think yeah. either you're going to get Okada or Ibushi as the winner because that would be your next go-to match for Omega if he's going to be healthy enough to make it to Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, I I think that uh, <laughs> this wasn't into the Observer. I feel like you have a very similar perspective that that Dave Metzler did because. If I if I were to try an impression and it's not exactly verbatim what they said, it was it was along the lines like Juan Alvarez was Are you kidding me? You know it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't really that bad, you know. It, I, I, I've seen I've seen probably worse matches in New Japan. He took them on his like neck like four times. But I, I don't know, Brian Alvarez sounds more like that. Um but yeah, it was, it was something on those lines. Like it was uh I was I agreed with them though. I I just thought that 
you know, after hearing, like, apparently Tanahashi has said that he won't go that extreme and, and uh, you know, everything from the past and, and, and Chris Jericho making a statement that he's been talking to Will Ospreay about the way he wrestles and it's like they're just trying to look out for some of the younger wrestlers. I just, you know, Brian Alvarez is basically saying that when it gets to Kenny Omega versus, like, Kota Ibushi, like, are they going to kill each other in the ring? Like, they're going to try to have the biggest match that stands out the most and I don't know. It, it, it gets, it, it's a little concerning sometimes. And like I said, a lot of it is what it, we're on. What night sixteen? This is night fourteen. We're talking about now. That night, they're yeah. at night sixteen. So I've watched sixteen nights of dudes having these kind of spots. So I'm a little, a little numb to it. And some of these aren't <laughs> even as bad as some of the other ones, like uh, uh like the. The uh, the Ishigoto match, while they weren't dropping on each other on their head, they beat the absolute dog shit out of each other, which is just as dangerous <laughs> um, as we saw from you know the Shibata headbutt spot. Like when you're hitting people that hard, bad things can happen. So I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say that I'm a little numb to it when it comes to New Japan, but I think I am in a way, almost like you uh, you know I became at, at one point with a uh, you know late ECW to hardcore WWF as as crazy as that shit was at some point your brain just accepts that you know they drop people on their heads is what they do um as bad as that sounds but I mean you know not to take it lightly because uh the Takahashi just had a neck injury right oh yeah off a similar spot they said that he was up for a year so with people like Takahashi, who who was getting a good push and, and was a huge star, you would think the rest of these wrestlers would look around and say, "Hey, maybe we just don't we don't do that, or we try to uh, calm this down." But I mean, it's it's what makes New Japan New Japan in a way that it's hard to say that and then but admit, praise it at the same time, you know. Any of those matches that have any of those spots, though, if you take those... Like, all right, even... We'll go with the first match from the modern age of New Japan that I ever watched, which is Okada versus Omega. That whole match was great. Even the reversal on outside, the way that Omega, uh, you know, or the way Okada catches it, and the way they do it, you know, there's a way around that. They didn't need to do the, I think, what, the Tiger suplex off the top rope and drop the Okada right on his neck. Two with Ibushi where he just, like, almost like in a way where he just, like, just dumped him on his neck. The matches are still amazing. Like, they don't even need those spots, you know? Yeah, and I agree with you. And some of that is we're not in the ring calling the match. You know, you're not feeling the crowd and saying, let me get this one spot, this one more spot, and we'll really put this thing over the top. And then also just the quality of matches that New Japan is turning out they don't have, like, especially with the G1, there's not just a lot of lull in the middle of the card. Like, there isn't a true mid-card where you can go, all right, well, we're going to have this three-way match between, uh, you know, (laughs) whoever and whoever and whoever, and it's going to go seven minutes, and it's not really about anything. Or like, like Monday Night Raw, for instance, they're like, okay, and then we're going to have a Titus O'Neil match now to really break up the show. Um, and a lot of, you know, a lot of things about that is very appreciative, but at the same time, the crowd is expecting more out of everyone that steps in the ring all of the time. 
And as a performer, it's one of those things in retrospect, like we can look at it and go, okay, maybe they shouldn't have done that spot in that match. And that match would still be awesome without it. And we're totally right in a lot of ways, but once again, we're not in the ring calling it, filling the crowd out. And a lot of those guys do that. You know, they have a structure of what they want to do, the spots they want to get in. Um, but I think, you know, that's where the stuff kind of gets a little dangerous is you're like, how are we going to put this over the top? How are we going to put this over the top? And right now when you're looking at someone like Ibushi and NATO and Kenny Omega and uh, Okada, these are all guys that are fighting to have the very best match on the card every night. Like, it's like if you had, you know, if, if the roster was, you know, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, and, like, you know, one other person. Like, every night. Yeah. <laughs> for for 17 nights. Like, the G1 is just such a brutal tournament in general, which is what makes it endearing um, in a way that's a lot different than all other wrestling because these guys are wrestling every night, and they're not having – 10 minute matches they're having you know 20 to 30 minute matches and, and here's a question it's crazy i know that i've always meant to ask you but do they have like what do they do for is it majority called in the ring and they work on a couple spots but do they have enough time basically to prepare for each match or do they have to do a majority of it on the fly within the match itself well i mean they know what matches they're going to have ahead of time when they build out the schedule um, as far as the nights go, like who's going to be wrestling who? I don't know that they know who's going over right away, um, but they have an idea. But it's one night on, one night off, one night on, one night off. So you know, say you show up at the arena early, yeah. I would assume that they're going to try to plan as much as they can. But you know, you can only plan so much. If you go on after Kenny Omega has a four and a half star match, and you've got to follow that then you're going to turn it up a notch. You know what I mean? Like some of that is like, oh, we had this planned out, but then this guy did the spot. We didn't know they were going to do that spot. So now we can't do that spot. Like it's, so I think it's a problem. It's yeah, it's, a it's a, it's, yeah, it's, it's not a lot of time and it's not a lot of recovery time for the wrestlers either. Like these guys are probably yep. pretty fucking exhausted at this point. So they're not going to be wrestling the safest they could be wrestling anyways. Um, oh, yeah, because I'm sure that, that they're, you know, probably using their off time to prepare for the next match or just working out in general instead of sleeping as much. Yeah, and we're and talking about, like, you know, Omega has had – Omega, if you think about how many matches Omega and Okada have had over the past four months, for instance, that's a fuckload of time in the ring. And we're not talking about – five-minute matches here and there with those two. No. You know what I mean? So, and the same thing with NATO. Like, NATO's not going out and having, you know, 10-minute matches. So, I I think a lot of it is just wear and tear on the body and trying their best to, you know, set this stuff up as best as they can going into the ring. But then, you know, like I said, that's the, if we're talking about night 14, we just talked about, you know, those two great matches, and they were, I think there was one match in between them. So it's a weird, uh, it's a weird thing with the G1, but, uh, yeah, I, I, it is dangerous. They do a lot of dangerous stuff. I, I think in retrospect, yeah, you could say, you know, always in retrospect, you can go, well, they could have just took that move out and it would have been a deal, but you know, we're not in the ring under the lights. So it's, 
it's a weird thing that I always kind of give them a little bit of slack for, unless it's just evidently dangerous all the time, which like uh, Sasha Banks is uh, the knees that she does. Like she's going to end up hurting her knees really bad. Um, like that Ugh. thing to me, like that that's a move that she doesn't need because one, it looks like shit, and two, it always looks like she's about to hurt herself. Well, agreed. So are you saying that Sasha Banks needs to go to New Japan? Actually, the answer to that is yes. Anyway. All right, guys. Well, it's been another fantastic episode of Wrestling Geek Alliance. Had a lot of fun talking with you guys about the latest in wrestling. Hope you guys have fun. Um, we got Chris back, thank God, this week. And, uh, yeah, uh, just definitely check out our new website, tvnation.com. It has all the information as far as articles involved with all our different flat movies to obviously wrestling to whatever. All of our podcasts are listed. We have a link for everything, including our um, Stitcher, our uh, iTunes account for the podcast, and then obviously our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter page. Check us out. Like us. Let us know how you feel. Be a part of the conversation for Geek 5 Nation. Um, I just made that up on the spot, by the way, Chris. Pretty impressive. So, um, <laughs> either way, we love talking about wrestling every week, and I want to let my wonderful co-host uh, say goodbye to all the wonderful Plug whatever you got to do. All right, guys. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to us. You can hit me up on Twitter at Chris R. Patton. And uh, like I said, everybody have a great week. Thanks for listening to us. And you can find me in St. Louis. Well, oh, sorry, anyway, I have singing melody. But you can find me on Facebook at Dana Alf and obviously on Deep Nation. Have a conversation. It'll be fun. Thank you guys so much for listening. And let the Geek 5 be with you. Listen up, Slap Nuts. This is the King of the Mountain, Jeff Jarrett, and you're listening to the Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Not down with that. We got two words for you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 